We always look forward to Fridays. We get to meet young Africans doing their part to change the world. On today's episode of Meet the CEO, we bring you a call talk. Managing partner at RS Consulting. He talks about his relocation to South Sudan and also his passion for diversification and what that can do, not just for South Sudan, but Africa. Welcome to another episode of Meet the CEO. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Mitha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Pay Financial, and you can find me at Mitha Dong. A call doc is not a stranger to the podcast. He has featured in many an episode offering in-depth analysis on a wide range of issues on the continent. Today we meet him in a different light as managing partner at RS Consulting. Who is a call doc? What inspires and drives you? Talk to us about RS Consulting and what necessitated you setting it up. My name is Akol, Akol Nyok, Akol Doc. I'm uh, somebody who's very passionate about Africa, very passionate about the development of the African people and how we can uh, change the paradigm of our people in the 21st century. And that's what really inspires and drives me. I grew up in the United States. Uh, I was born in South Sudan, but I went to the United States as a refugee. And I grew up there. I studied there. And when I finished university, I decided to come back to South Sudan and uh, I, uh, be here because I feel as if being in Africa is important. And I'm really passionate about that. What inspires and drives me is the ability to develop and make change in our countries. Because when you travel the world and you look at all these countries, the Europe, the America, they've built their countries. They built their countries just like we need to build our countries. And many of the times we, we see that these countries as built and we don't understand that effort took in to build those countries. If you look at the infrastructure in Europe, the infrastructure in China, the infrastructure in America, People built that. People planned it. People thought about ideas of how to do that. So I believe in Africa, we have the potential to do the same thing. We just need to be focused and we need to really value ourselves as a people. You're not only an analyst, but you're engaged in several ventures, including agriculture. Why the need to diversify? Yes, I'm not just uh, an analyst, an entrepreneur, a writer. I, I do. Uh, I, I, I can call myself uh, a global citizen because I believe that entrepreneurship, uh, writing, and agriculture are all important because at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you have to lead by example. And I, I've always enjoyed farming. Uh, my father was somebody who has a background in agriculture engineering. I come from a family of farmers. And even when I was in the United States in our backyard, we used to grow uh, uh, tomatoes and onions and okra. So the reason I like agriculture, because I believe that is the future of Africa. And the future of Africa, you have to start at a small scale. We have to start someplace. Um, if you start small, you keep growing and keep learning. And that's the pleasure about farming. Farming is a learning thing. And it teaches you about life to be patient, to have delayed gratifications and to see things through. And it's very, it's very satisfying. I, I believe the need to diversify is incredible, especially in a country like South Sudan. South Sudan is a country that is reliant on oil exports for uh, crude, uh, for um, uh, crude, crude exports account for majority of the hard currency and the majority of the economy. And we're importing a lot of foods and importing a lot of commodities that we can produce locally. Uh, South Sudan has a potential to be food self-sufficient and even export and be a breadbasket for the region. And that's why I always preach diversification because we can do it and we must do it. Diversification is important and we have the potential to diversify and set a positive example for our people, because when you diversify your economy, you're sending a message that 
we need to be more productive in different sectors. And you're sending a message to the populace that let us not rely on oil. Let us go to different sectors. There's fisheries, there's livestock, there's agriculture. And it's important and it's healthy for the government to have different streams of revenue because when you're uh, at the mercy of the Mersuke oil prices, you can't plan properly. Did your education prepare you for life as a consultant? My education pre prepared me greatly. Um, I studied uh, political science. And while I was in school, I was actually a student of pre-law. Uh, in the United States, to go to law school, you you have to first do a bachelor. So I later decided not to go to law school. And it prepared me because I learned a lot about analysis, about writing, political economic analysis. I've written a lot of papers. I was involved in the Model UN. I was in the student government in the, in, in the university. And I took a lot of courses that challenged me to think creatively and challenged me to think rationally and think strategically and analyze things. So it really prepared me for consultancy because now I'm able to analyze things for clients in an objective manner that benefits them in a manner that provides value. What are some of the projects that you've worked on that you're super proud of? Well, some of the projects that I'm proud to have worked on uh, have been organizing conferences and forums. Uh, in 2019, I had the pleasure of me and some of my uh, my colleagues, we organized an investment conference in South Sudan. And that was the first investment conference since independence. I mean, since the, the war in 2013, because the first one was after independence. So that was something I was passionate about. Um, uh, besides that, uh, I, I, I'm passionate about the workshops that I do. I do, I do workshops um, and trainings. Um, I was able to do training for uh, one of the largest banks in South Sudan. And that was very satisfying to be able to see that so what I'm doing is adding value to people's lives. And I'm looking to do more of them, looking to do more projects. And I'm looking to engage more companies in the region who are interested to come into South Sudan and advise them and strategize with them and help them succeed in South Sudan. What changes would you love to see in your industry? What changes I would like to see in the industry is that I really would like for the industry to be more research-based. Uh, I really want the consultants and the experts and the analysts to focus on collecting raw data and using this data for as analysis, because the challenge that we have in Africa is the access to data. A lot of the data we have is usually not updated. Um, it's not collected properly. And this is where we need to focus on, because for us to identify solutions to problems, we have to be able to quantify it. We have to be able to know that some of the problems that we're facing are X and Y, or we want to increase this production by this percentage, or we want to cut back on this. So it's necessary to have data, which is very important. What are some of the challenges and also misconceptions in consulting? Some of the challenges that I face is, number one, uh, we have age discrimination in Africa. Many people see you as a young person and they'll question your abilities. What do you know? And of course, that's a given. But obviously, your experience speaks for yourself. Your results speak for yourself. And I've had the privilege to work with very, com very large companies in South Sudan, work with different NGOs, work with different government sectors. So proving yourself is a key. That's how you have to navigate every space you're in. Because when you talk about market penetration, the objective is how do you prove yourself to the market and prove yourself to prospective clients that you are somebody who can deliver and you are somebody who can provide results and you are somebody who can offer practical solutions and the most important thing, add value. The biggest challenge and misconception of consulting is that many people don't understand what is advisory services. Uh, many people are aware of legal advisory services where you pay somebody, a lawyer, to do legal work because they're an expertise in the law. Well, it's similar in consulting. You pay somebody's an expertise in policy. You pay somebody's expertise in strategic planning. You pay somebody's expertise in communications and research and investment advisory, and you pay them to advise you on how to go about your course of action. So you're outsourcing your 
planning and your thinking to a firm who specializes in planning and thinking. And this is a misconception people don't see in consultants. They see as consultants like, oh, I can do that myself. Why would I hire a consultant? Well, no, hire a consultant because you get a third party point of view on key issues. And that third party point of view is, is very necessary for you to make informed decisions. What is the future of Oris Consulting? The future of Oris Consulting, I believe, is going to be in the research area. I really want to focus in the research and an investment advisory, uh, preparing quality data for prospective investors coming to Africa or coming to South Sudan and advising them on how to do business in South Sudan, but also collecting data and complying reports for uh, the public sector, for different government agencies, um, and uh, collecting data that can help them help them make informed policy decisions, which is necessary because for you to be a policymaker, you need data, you need statistics, you need to know what is it exactly that you're tackling. And this is what I see the future or as consulting. And what is the future like for a cold off? My future, I see myself uh, building myself as an entrepreneur. Um, I see myself building myself in the various businesses that I've established. Um, I'm just new, I'm young, I'm in the beginning stages of my career. And I'm very passionate and purpose-driven about what I want to do. And I see myself in the future being an entrepreneur with different investments in different sectors in agriculture, uh, in logistics, in consulting, in energy. And this is where I see the future, being able to have a diverse set of service. And I see myself having a lot of partnerships and relationships with various like-minded and dynamic Africans who are passionate about socioeconomic development because I believe that we can make change in Africa without working for the government. That was a cold dog managing partner at Oras Consulting. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Alcohol manufacturer East African Breweries Limited has more than doubled its profit for the year, ended June to 15.6 billion Ken shillings buoyed by the reopening of economies after the easing of COVID-19 measures. This is from 7 billion it posted in the financial year ended June 2021. The strong performance comes with the reopening of bars and the service industry, which boosted sales of beers and spirits during the period. During the year under review, net sales grew by about 27% to 109.4 billion Kenya shillings, up from 86 billion Kenya shillings the previous year. The group's net sales were boosted by double digit growth across all its markets and categories owing to an improved operating environment as outlets reopened, coupled with sustained investment in marketing and commercial activities. The Kenyan market recorded the highest sales with revenues growing by 30%, fueled by premium and upper mainstream segments. It's followed by Uganda, which recorded a 24% growth in sales, while the Tanzanian unit had a 21% growth. EABL navigated rising inflation and also increase in excise duty and in excise taxes through strategic pricing and effective cost management to deliver its highest profit in five years. EABL delivered a strong beer performance up 27% aided by the beer recovery in Kenya. The group spirits category was up 26% boosted by a 27% growth in mainstream spirits. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa as a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Ithadong.